I'm Aretha Tosi. I'm Miss Natalie Wilborn. I'm Lamont, the producer. I'm Carla Delaney. I'm Red January. Red January in November. He said, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the throne. Here is a place where we're going to talk about things that's on our hearts and on our minds. You know, we, um, we, we, we very seldom now come with topics because it's just so much to talk about and we have enough time to get a few things out. Um, we are here, we have a reason for being here. It's just not a hobby. We, we, we definitely want to give out some information, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, we're not trying to force feed anybody. You know, either you accept it or you reject it. But we just saw a few uh, black folks sitting around in the studio chopping it up like that, huh, Red? Just a couple of us sitting around the table talking about some things. Some things up in here. <laughs> and uh, I guess, um, I, I, as always, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. And uh, I want to talk about um, revisit this. Revisit this. And, uh, uh, I'm, and I want to throw this attachment styles. Attachment style. I want to talk about that. Dr. Guy brought it up on the show and uh, kind of gave us a, 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 a scam of what attachment styles is. But I want to look at a little bit deeper of what does attachment styles look like now? You know, how, how can we as adults in different parts of our lives recognize the people around us, the people we meet or the people we're dealing with, what type of attachment styles they have. And then not only that, when we can actually recognize that information, what do we do? Ooh, ooh, ooh. If we, you know, if, if, you, if you, Red's my friend, I love Red, you know what I'm saying? If I see something, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm quite sure she don't want people around her and not gonna call her on her shit. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I want to recognize, you know what I'm saying, attachment styles. So therefore, if I'm out, we're out and about and I see something, you know, later on, two days and I can hit her up. Hey, you got time to talk? You know, you know, I'm your big bro, man. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm looking at. You know what I'm saying? You might want to take a look at that. You know, coming from a loving, caring, compassionate place. So what does attachment styles look like and how can we identify them? I didn't mean to hit y'all in the bed. I, I just, I, can I, I, can I, I go ahead, ahead? Can I go ahead and speak to that right knows. now? Let me go ahead and just because you just keep going straight for the and jugular, I'm, straight look, out the gate. I'm surprised Natalie is quiet on that one. Stop well, listen, I, I did. Right I need here. the awkward pause and nobody step forward, so I'm taking the mic. I'm taking the mic. You got this sneaky look on his face. Stay ready for him. You know. So let's talk about that attachment styles. I can I can speak from experience in the space that I'm in in my life and my important relationships right now. That's a fucking thing right now. And oh my God, that you even said that because I feel like you I feel real seen right now <laughs> because I am learning a lesson about um, attachment styles. Um, communication styles, like all of those things are kind of one and the same. And you got to know what you can handle and what you can't handle. And you got to know who you dealing with and who you letting in your space because people will suck your energy. Mm. People, if, if they're not aware of the space that they're in or if they're needing a certain thing right now that they can get from you because that is something that that's in the essence of who you are. They may be attached to you for the energy that you're putting out right now and that's feeling a need for them. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are 
reciprocating, mm -hmm. um, feeling a need for you. Yeah. They may not have anything going on with their energy or, or where they're at in their space and their time and their mental health and all of that, that can feel a need for you. So now you're going to start to get drained because this person is going to continue to pull what they need from you, mm -hmm. but not give that back to you. Right. So understanding people's needs and where they are and, and their communication styles and, and all of that, man, yeah. <laughs> you better be yeah. careful because you mess around and be at square one all over again. Square one. Be careful. Lamonte, what's up? Nothing. You know, you kind of brought up some thoughts. <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, what you were talking about now, 2022, and how these things work. And I think it's a little different now because people find friends for different reasons. Like, when I was growing up, I got some real friends I've been having for 30, 40 years of my life, you know. So they can come to me about anything or... If I see them out there doing something, I, you know, hey, man, what's going on with you? You know, I can do that with them. But, like, new friends, it's it a little different. You know, as soon as you say something they don't like, you're not friends no more, mm, you know. So right. I had a, a, a... I guess the value of it changed. Yeah, it, it did. And I... Uh, I'm on my wife watch. Okay. <laughs> I had this uh, lady I used to talk to. <laughs> before my wife, you know, uh -oh. before we, you know. Wait, uh -oh. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so I was talking to her and, and she felt like we, we was in that space, like uh, Ren was saying, that we had this, this type of, you know, relationship where we communicate and talk about anything or we can correct each other or she felt she can correct me. But when it came down to saying something about her, oh my God, I think that's the last time I talked to her. You know, she brought up some issues, some personal issues about me. And I received it, you know, but hey, well, since you're saying that, I did want to say something about this. Mm. Oh, that was over with, mm. you know. Is that a thing? What? Is that a thing? You know what I'm saying? It was, I, I, it, it's so familiar with me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's when, when uh, a person can pick out so much on you, but you know what I'm saying? When you, you, you've you been holding something because, you know, it's kind of like not weighing right. too well with you. Right. And then you bring that up and then it's like, oh, damn, this is a whole nother level of argument. Now. Well, yeah, because yeah. 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 that's tip for tag. Yeah. Don't yeah. play with me. Because yeah. you only got the yeah. courage to say what you said because right. I was saying what I said right. and this was not the right. time.
some things are unspoken, and that speaks to who you are because there's a time and a place and there's appropriateness, and when you are a person who knows how to lead, you understand those things. That's all about your moral code because how you deal with me, a stranger, and how you deal with your wife and whoever, it's the same in every relationship, the foundation of a moral code. So, the ooh, baby. If he talked about some health issues with this, this particular woman that he was actually dealing with at that particular time, and and then she maybe say suggested you know he start eating a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Because that might be causing this particular health problem. Right? right? Okay. Now, what he what, what what he got from that? You know what I'm saying? Is what you receive from the conversation? Because what you say and what I hear is probably not the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, but what he gathered from that is that just with that particular conversation that we've already had, we've. Established Established an open communication That's where I, I can be your eyes and ears, and you can be my eyes and ears. So why can't he not contribute some uh, some constructive criticism to this woman? That was because not when the he time did it for that, right? Yes, because it was on her heart. She brought it to you because it was on her heart. You brought it to her. No, it was on your it was on your mind. It was not on your heart. It was on my heart. It wasn't on your heart because you didn't bring it to her. Because it wasn't. If it was. relationship context that doesn't work okay mm -hmm. right now we talk just like uh, all lives matter and black lives matter sure all lives matter and black lives right, right but what the premise is right now we're talking about the black lives mm -hmm. so we can talk about the all lives or the brown lives or the or yellow the lives, lives or whatever the white lives at a different right that's now we're talking about this that right, right and so because that's the context that. of this right mm -hmm. if the context was different then we could talk about everything at the same time but mm -hmm. right now so it really just depends on 
again, going back to the, the attachment style, how you relate. And so if you find yourself in these situations, right, mm -hmm. when you're relating to a friend, a romantic partner, a whomever, and you're noticing yourself triggered, you riled up, right, mm -hmm. in, a, in a conversation, in an experience, that's what triggers you. That should be what triggers you and your person to say, you know what? What's going on? What, what is this? Con this is connected to something. This mm -hmm. is connected to the way that I relate or the way that I think relationships should go, period. So let me let me research that a little bit more within me. And if you want to do that for you and we can do mm -hmm. it together and then we come out like, oh, you know what? In my experience from my childhood, my voice was never heard. Mm -hmm. Right. It was always people bashing me, people point critiquing me, people point out. But I never got to say anything. So with, so in this relationship, even though it's different, I'm triggered by that or I'm sparked by the whatever the right word is, and so that's why I'm responding that way. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I got some work to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good, you, know, you know, I, uh, I said a couple of Good way to break that down. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your bow, man. <laughs> a couple years ago, I talked to <laughs> so my oldest daughter, and she had that very issue. You know, she felt like she wasn't heard. So her and her husband now, you know, she having issues with him because she feel like she's not heard, so she got to overly express herself. But then it shuts him down. So now she wanted, now he's not talking, and I just told him blah, 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 and I'm on the phone like, wait, wait, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I know what she's doing to the husband, but it goes back to what you were saying. You know, you have to, you know, I guess uh, set boundaries and then know how to communicate. Because if you have those issues, I think all of us had some type of issue from childhood. You know, it affects our relationships and our friendships. But like I was saying earlier, I have older friends that I don't care what's going on. They can call me at any time. It's not a certain time, and they call me any time, and, and hey, Lamont, I saw you on the internet, man. You was on the show, you were saying some stuff, man. It, it was kind of, that's not true. tripping. <laughs> and I, I can accept that because we have that relationship, you know. People think automatically in marriage, it's just automatic. Since we married, we got that relationship where we can talk about anything like that. But that's not true. That got to be, that's growth. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And when, it goes back to knowing who you are and knowing, you huh. know, your triggers as well. Um, I went to a brunch not too long ago and uh, they were talking about forgiveness. But it was forgiveness of being sexually abused and mm. being women in domestic violence. Well, my question, the, the question that I posed to the audience was, what about forgiveness for yourself? Because I too was a person who was in an abusive relationship. Not only that, as a child, my mom was very young when she had me, so it was my fault that she got pregnant. You know, mm -hmm. I wasn't supposed to be here. Mm. Uh, you know, I interrupted her childhood, you know. Mm -hmm. So I internalized so much of that as a kid. And then to get into a relationship where everything now is still my fault. And I mean, I'm being abused because it's my fault. You know, he slapped me because it's mm. my fault. Mm. So I stayed in that relationship for nine years, had five children out of it. And so the pattern just repeated, you know, and I found myself now at 48 still looking at, okay, wait, you know, I haven't forgiven myself, you know, that's why I'm sabotaging so much, you know, sabotaging good relationships, you know, relationships that I'm worthy to be in because I'm looking for it to be my fault. 
Mm -hmm. Or it to be, and that know, connects directly to your attachment style. I don't know right. if, if yeah. everyone has kind of done the research and figured out what theirs are, but I mean that's exactly what the research is about. The things that we're drawn to, the things that draw to us, that that is connected to our past experiences, and it doesn't even have to start from childhood. Right. Uh, you know, we have lots of can have lots of traumatic experiences in early adulthood, later, whatever, whatever, and those things do impact that, and so. That's really that self awareness, self awareness, self -awareness yeah. and awareness of others. Self awareness and awareness of others. Let me ask the question on, on this attachment style, and this is for me. You know, um, as a childhood, you know, there was um, ebbs and flows for me. You know, ebbs and flows. But then again, a, a, a large part of my childhood, I was passed around to a whole bunch of different family members. You know, and each family member and each family was different, constructed different, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, governed different, mm -hmm. and uh, there was a lot of abuse in there, you know, uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that me and my, like my sister, we didn't even recognize that this is the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, how, how would that show up or look like today in my life if that is still has not been dealt with? So it typically will show up one of two ways and sometimes a number of others. So again, so if you grow up in an abusive um, situation, per se, right? A lot of people come out of that and they adapt to that. They they either are abusers, are in a, are or are in, or the person getting abused in an abusive relationship, or they go the completely opposite way. They're like, absolutely not, I will never. And so the the, the extremes, right? When we have an extreme situation like abuse emotional, physical, what have you, then it leads us to extremes, right? Sometimes, very rarely, we get some somebody that has like the internal fortitude or whatever to come out to come out of that healthy and then they, they're somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. So that's my, how it might show up for you. So if I am used to being passed around, like you said, um, I'm gonna assume that there might be some abandonment stuff in there, different things like that about, you know, closeness, vulnerability, trust, openness, those kinds of things. So those things may be uh, lacking, in you know relationships moving forward or they may be over <laughs> you know excessive in relationships moving forward just because we have a tendency to go to the extremes when we have such an overwhelming experience in early childhood what about meaningful relationships being able to uh, connect and and build meaningful long-term relationships that seems to be something that would also feed into um, you know the ability that you've been passed around you've never saw you know uh, consistency or right. had uh, a, a stable foundation. So you're saying like if, uh, if uh, the caregiver, if they've uh, been in um, like relationship after relationship after relationship and the child is seeing that and wouldn't that, that's what you're talking about? Yeah. Not seeing a healthy relationship. Not seeing, uh, not even just a love relationship but a family relationship, a friend relationship, not seeing a, a stable, stable relationship that grows because as we know, as adults, in any relationship, there's change. And in order to, to grow through things, you have to stay together and grow through them. But if you've never seen that, and you've never experienced that growth, those uh, communication <coughs> eaves and flows, you don't develop those. You, you know, children learn from their parents, and if your parents were a plethora of parents with different styles, you pick and choose from what you see, but there was no foundation consistency. for yeah. consistency. I think that it, it would depend on 
the circumstance. Everyone's journey through life is different. Everyone's journey to healing is different. Everyone's timeline is different. You can't compare what your healing looks like to me just because we have the same type of abuse or the same same type of trauma. Because the steps, my it. steps are ordered differently, and I'm built differently in my brain than you are. So the way the way I'm going to heal is going to be different. Some people choose to go the spiritual route. Some people choose to go the therapeutic route and, and go and actually lay on the couch and, and That's let it, a great you know, route. people, you know, people <laughs> tend to, some people do um, steps. hypnotherapy some and, and uh, some people, yeah, right. some people self-medicate, you know, mm -hmm. so you, it, it's so hard to try to um, put people in, in lanes or say specifically what somebody would do because you don't know what somebody would do if he was in their shoes. You might not be cut for that. You might be the one that is talking about suicide survival or something now mm -hmm. based on something I tippy toed through the tulips through. Mm -hmm. So we can't really just say, you know, what it is because depending on how strong you are and how, how, um, how deep the trauma runs and how bad you want to get over it and what do you want to do with your experience are you ready to expound on your experience and be candid with your experience to help somebody else or do you need more healing you know you just can't ever say but I think it starts with and we can all probably agree is the self-awareness of it because when you're self-aware you can pull your own chain. You can check yourself when you know, okay, no, we, we're not supposed to be doing that. Let me watch my mouth. Let me not say that. You can redirect yourself first to keep yourself from being in situations that are going to cause you to have to regress in your, in your healing journey. There's so many levels to it. The challenge with this, though, Red, is that a lot of people, we don't even know about attachment styles and how... How, I've never even had right, a how we relate to one another in adulthood, how that's connected to stuff from our childhood. So it's hard to be aware of stuff that I didn't even know was a thing to be aware of oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And what you were saying, I fully agree with, but I think that is what makes a difference between the people do this extreme, that extreme, or something in the middle, mm -hmm. right? The yeah, people that have that fortitude, they do something in the middle. They do some yeah. processing, yeah. but people and that, that don't, they do the extreme. been exposed to what exactly. walk of life you're born into exactly. and what kinds of conversations you're exposed to as a child. Because right. some people don't have, because they, they don't have it to give to their kids. You gotta right. have information. We're gonna take a quick break, right quick. And we're gonna listen to our family of sponsors. Um, before I uh, um, go to a break, I wanna bring up, uh, and you'll hear the commercial. Um, it's a ghetto child's Christmas. It's a play. I went to um, uh, uh, Onyx King's first production of this, and uh, it was amazing. And this is based on viewing Christmas different than you always view on TV and stuff like that. So this is an all-black cast. It's just like, you know what I'm saying, how the ghetto, how the how Christmas looks like in the hood and everything yeah, like that. And it's a beautiful <laughs> production. And this is December to December the 9th, December the 10th also. And it's at the Wrigley um, Theater in Fort Worth. We'll be right back. Everything at Lake Country Assisted Living centers around the kind of care that comes from the heart. At our residence, caring is what makes the difference. Caring enough to provide a setting that allows aging in place, a home that can become your hospice, and an environment that knows how to care for the special needs of those with a variety of illness or dementia. 
located at 7505 Lockwood Court, Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, I'm Cindy Washington, Operational Director for Lake Country Assisted Living. We know the most important part is to provide quality care for your loved one and a peace of mind for their family. If you're interested in a tour, please give me a call at 972-916-8910. Call us at 972-916-8910 or visit our website at lakecountryassistedliving.com. Care is the heart of our home. It's Natalie Wilborn, published author, licensed professional counselor, and host of Freedom of Speech Sunday's Open Mic. I wanted to tell y'all a little bit about some of the things that I have going on. I wrote this incredible book, Counselor's Poetic Guide Through the Grief Journey, that is going to help you get through any death, loss, or grieving experience. You can find it on my website, www.wedohealingthings.com. You can also find more information there about events, body butters, and Freedom of Speech Sunday's Open Mic. Again, the website is www.wedohealingthings.com. HealingThings.com, your site for all of your mental health and emotional health needs. That's www.wedohealingthings.com. or visit online at RestoredToFitness.Training. That's 817-726-2468 or Restored2Fitness.Training. Get a personalized regimen that you know is going to work. Shonda Amy ain't new to this, she's true to this. And from the start, you'll see Restored to Fitness isn't about hyperaccolades, it's all about results. Restored to Fitness, that's Restored, the number two, Fitness. Decide, commit, succeed. And I just want to touch on something Carla had brought up, brought up when she was uh, um, commenting on uh, attachment styles where we started the show off today. And she brought that um, how important it is to forgive yourself. Oh, and um, we want to touch on that. But then I, I, I want to also delve into what does it look like from a person that has, what does a person that has never forgiven themselves look like? Just like we were in the attachment style, how can we identify that in our day-to-day communication with the people that we care about and love, you know what I'm saying? I think, personally, I think it's like what, I'm sorry, I don't Carla. Carla said, mm-hmm. um, they self-sabotage, mm-hmm. you know, if you haven't had a chance to take a look at yourself and recognize your flaws, forgive yourself for your flaws, meaning do the work to forgive yourself for your flaws and accept them as a part of who you are, you will constantly repeat the same cycles over and over again. You'll constantly see yourself running with the same people, doing the same thing, getting the same uh, result from just your output because your energy is attracting what you bring in. Yeah. You know, just when you see those people, I keep attracting the same men. Well, you're putting out the same energy. If you're still going to the club and you're looking for something different, it's not going to happen because you got to take yourself out of the club and put yourself in something else to pull in and attract something different because you have to change your inside to where the club is not the place that you go to look for a long-term mate. 
Mm. And even with the club mm-hmm. thing, I mean, I don't necessarily <coughs> want to relate to the club, per right? Se, but <laughs> you know, I was in church for Very so long. I was the deaconess. I was the worship leader. I was the commun- communion preparer, and and you know the, but carrying unforgiveness for myself at church. And all I heard was forgive others. So it was my obligation to forgive others. Everybody else, child, you you good, you good. (laughs) But you're not good. You know, right. but I'm not good. I'm going home ungood, if that's the word I just said. We flowed with it. You know, but I had to literally pull myself away from church to do a deeper spiritual connection and spiritually connect with God. Because biblically he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself and if you don't love yourself and if you have not forgiven yourself you don't love yourself because yes you're drawing just like you said those that negative energy Mm -hmm. all you know it all the knowledge that's been you know driven into you you're attracting that you know I I was in ministry for years and in ministry you know you hear all the time about healing and uh, forgiveness, you know, but it's almost what they call it a cliche mm-hmm. because nobody's showing you how to heal, right. nobody's showing you how to forgive. You know, <clears throat> we hear it and we know we have to do, but knowing we have to do and being able to do it is two different things. But sometimes you're not gonna always have somebody to show you how to do it. Well, sometimes you have to get up and you gotta go figure it out on your own. Well, you have to take the initiative if you see that there's something that's missing and you gotta go find out. Sometimes you gotta go get your healing on your own. Well, sometimes you can't wait around for it to keep hurting and all of that. I, I understand that and but my, my point was you know we're taught a certain thing and I was going along with that. I was about to share something that my wife normally say uh, before Red not, uh, sorry, I don't care what you Red said to me. You making but, it up. You but, making it up to her now. No. What, what ended up happening was my, my wife what she always say is you know you're not responsible for what how other people treat you and what they do to you but you are responsible for your own healing. You know, you are responsible. A lot of times we wait for those people to apologize or to ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, no, sometimes that'll never happen. But you're responsible for your own healing. And one thing Red was saying earlier when we were talking about the uh, other conversation was about, you know, relationships and how, you know, we have to go about doing things sometimes on our own. I totally agree with that, you know, because... When we look in the mirror, we got to be ahead of counter for what we do mm-hmm. and how we treat people. Definitely. And sometimes it's the hardest thing, but we can agree everybody had different processes on healing, but most people need healing. Mm-hmm. The whole point is you got to find that healing. So if I break my, my finger and I didn't go to the doctor to get it treated, you know, so it, it's going to take me di- a little longer to heal that, especially if I'm doing some home remedies. You know, uh, and a lot of times we do home remedies without healing. Yes. We, just, we, we just find yeah. out what we, we do what we know how to do. You know, it's, but sometimes what we know how to do is not the proper way of doing it. But that's all we know. Right. So if this gonna work for now? Like it wasn't mm. a time when I lost my dad a couple of years ago. Mm. I never grieved like that. 
And my oldest brother was killed and we was real close, but it was a different type of grieving process when my dad died. I thought I was gonna lose my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, so then I started to understand why some people cope the way they cope. Some people, uh, mm -hmm. what you uh, saying, Red? Self-medicate. Self Self-medicate. Self and I didn't blame them. Mm -hmm. Because I said, man, you know what? If I had some weed right now, to turn up, man. I would go ahead and pump. Come on, and yeah. what? Yeah. 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 That's, I was going through so the much pain. and I didn't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So if you think about self, we, that's one thing the hardest person to look at is ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because when you look in the mirror, you see every flaw that, that you right have. There, you that. see every spot. And I yeah, hate it. We got, and we, uh, we got these big old mirrors in my restroom. And I hate them. I tell my wife, we get rid of this junk. <laughs> every day I walk by and I see, my, I see myself. You know, and there's so many things I can pick out and say, I don't like this about me. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like this. You know, so that's the hardest person to look right. at is us. Now, I can see somebody else walk through the mirror and be like, no, they, they good. And those same people are walking in front of that same mirror, picking out something yeah. they don't like. Yeah. Right. The first, re our first response when we see a mirror is to stare at the thing that we do not we like. Don't, we don't thing. say, "You are beautiful. You are gorgeous. You are handsome. You are perfect." Just the way you we were are. Because we never taught that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was listening to uh, Lamont just then, and I, I just reflected back on my past, and I was. Um, looking at like my childhood and different things that I went through in my childhood I've shared many times and um, and I took a lot of hurt and pain into my adulthood mm -hmm. but um, I took the route of medicating myself you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying I medicated myself for years because I was trying to run away from I, what I did is it was introduced to me and then I was like whoa I ain't got to feel that yet so you know I could be this person now mm -hmm. and I was and I went I became somebody totally different and I went deeper and deeper into being somebody different that I literally forgot who I was and not only did I only forget who I was at that time I was arrested in my development also mm -hmm. So when I did do something different, when I did stop using drugs, and when I did address the pain, when I did take a look at myself, I had to start, I had to grow up. Yeah. Because I didn't grow up in there. I was, yeah. I was, I was missing in action. Yeah. So therefore, I had to learn about me. I had to introduce myself to me, and I had to forgive myself mm -hmm. before I could take another step forward. Because everything in front of me, if I had not forgave myself, is going to be some more pain. Mm -hmm. I'm going to distribute some pain. And survival mode. I'm right. sorry. You know, yeah, you may have self-medicated with drugs or whatever, but sex. I was at, all kind of sex. I was still I was at church medicating. Mm -hmm. See, you know, church because like you the right information. Right. Like and it made you feel good. I was like in survival mode. That's the thing. Like coming out of the the nine year abuse, I went straight into church. Mm -hmm. And so being straight into church, I still never got a chance to sit down and evaluate and learn what true healing was. One thing yeah, absolutely. Actually, truly healing. Yes. You know, when I was locked up, I saw a lot of that firsthand. I saw a lot of people who were literally cold turkey having to wean themselves off of drugs because yeah. they were coming into the federal mm -hmm. prison system. So you, you can't get to it. You just got to go through that mm -hmm. thing. So <laughs> what they would do is they would become Jesus fanatics and be in all the church services no matter what the religion as long as they was in the chapel and they mm -hmm. were praying to somebody's God they was good because they couldn't get to that drug of choice. Right. Or they would go to the gym and they would be what? in the gym every time the gym the was gym. open and they would be I mean it would be 
the transformations you would see would be so extreme. Like now you need to slow down because now you look like a skeleton with muscles and now I can count every <laughs> single. Like you would go from one extreme to the next because they were just substituting one addiction for another addiction. Obsession yeah. and compulsion. And, yeah, and it really is like that. So yeah. that's not true healing. You, you're healing when you're going through the withdrawals and you're fighting the urge to go back and find something else that makes you feel better right, or that right. relieves that pain or that, that itch or that Jones for whatever that substance was. When you fight through that shit and you feel the pain and you go through the withdrawals and you sweat it out and you, yes. you, know, you write your journal and you do whatever you got to do to get over whatever that thing is until you don't have to... Um, feel like that urge is controlling you. Now when you yeah. feel the urge, you can be like, oh, that would be nice, but I'm going to keep it pushing because I'm, I've been away from that for however long. It doesn't have to be drugs. It can right. be sex. It can be whatever your thing is. But it starts with you being aware of yourself, um, taking responsibility for your shit mm -hmm. and doing what you got to do to get through your shit not blaming it on this person not blaming mm -hmm. it because this ain't how i was taught and this ain't how i was raised and my mama wasn't there and i, I went to jail and we can make a song and y'all can hey. sing along and hey. kiss my hey. ass what it is it doesn't matter who you are at the end of the day you was born by yourself you're gonna die by yourself you are responsible for your life you are responsible for how you respond to things it ain't your wife's fault your ex-wife's fault your baby mama fault your baby daddy fault it ain't the kids fault That's they here you fuck the mess hey. up and all this other stuff <laughs> you know what i'm saying Personal responsibility, yeah. personal awareness, self-awareness, and taking responsibility for our part in wherever we are in life because nobody can do better for us, for us, but us. So, so you know what, Red, you're saying, everything you're saying is absolutely head, nail, and head, nail, and hammer. Hammer on the nail. All the thing is, that's growth. That's age, that's wisdom. But when you look at the flip side of that, the younger him, the younger kids in this generation that are making these mistakes, they don't know. They don't know. Nobody's yeah. telling them, nobody's teaching them, they don't have big money. And it's a whole you bunch know? of them his age just doing the same silly shit and, and, and they just don't want to take responsibility for it. And they old and setting their ways. So now we got a bunch of old fools <laughs> and setting their ways that, that's not passing nothing on to the younger generation. So there's that's still true. excuses. But, but the thing is, there's no excuse. I'll give you that. There is no excuse. But the thing is, just like you got the songs, you can put a song to everything and everybody learns something. If there were healing songs to teach you how you could sing about, how do I come? Because I know, I remember Brandy and, and Monica, the boy's mind, the boy's mind, the boy's mind. Okay, y'all fighting with men, but at the end, there was no solution. Right. So mm -hmm. we just going to continue to sing the boy's mind. But how do we as adults get the message out that this is what needs to be done this is this is what we've and learned boy ain't neither one of y'all well the message is out there the, you can get on youtube you can turn sure. on tv you can go get it's the information now. that you want that's where it comes back to personal responsibility because right. you ain't gonna get your healing if you don't go get it ain't right. nobody gonna come tell the wrong person okay it's time this to go here but while you were going through your thing with church that's a process mm -hmm. don't nobody go and search on google oh 
50 years from now, I'm going to be here. Let me research that. I'm saying like the things that are key points that we see the truth. Like I see my grandbabies and I'm like, hey, we might need to spend some more time with my grandbabies because this will lead to this, to this, to this, to this. When a woman asks the question, <laughs> why do I keep attracting the same kind of man? Is that how she said it? Why do I keep attracting the same kind of man? Answer the question right then. Google ain't going to give you an Go ahead, answer the question by going back and ask yourself that. Right. Ask yourself, why do I keep attracting? And then sit there and wait for the answer. Mm -hmm. Your 20-year-old self, if you asked yourself that question, do you think you would have came to an answer? That was appropriate I for think that so. time. I, I, think, think so. I think what Absolutely. she's saying is some things take maturity. Right. You know, and like Red, you can be on 10, you know, and it's making sense what you're saying, but then you got to understand people's maturity levels are different. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm on the two and understanding and what I'm going through, because when you're going through, a lot of times nobody can really tell you nothing anyway because I'm just going through. You know, you got a lot of people who suggest stuff, but it's like, dang, I need to find my own way. I think right. we all responsible. Right. We all, yeah. but, you know, it, it takes maturity to Share even understand that. It takes a lot of uh, 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 self-analyzation to look at yourself first, and then after you look at yourself and you see how flawed and messed up you are, <laughs> and then you got to realize, dang, how I fix this? Because right. some people don't have a solution on how to fix it. So they try this, try that. Then you have to realize, okay, all that didn't work. Now you got to look at yourself again. That stuff get hard. Yeah. So everybody's on different levels. But and, that's your journey. But yeah, that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. That's their journey. And I agree that everybody's responsible for their own healing. It just, their healing is a process. Because right. my process, and, and mine could have been easy. I could have realized it because the way I am and the way I think, I could have realized it and been like, oh, okay, I'm done with it. Like my uncle said, you know, I quit smoking weed. And I'm like, oh, you did? He said, yeah, I just left it in the garage. You know, and I quit smoking for years. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not in this garage no more. <laughs> I guarantee you, every day now, he's puff puffing again. Oh, because he, uh, he oh. thought that, you know, hey, put it away was going to solve it. Right. Now, you couldn't tell him nothing back in the day because right. he don't realize now he's smoking weed every day again. Right. If you, you know? keep going so, to the barber shop, you're going to end up getting a haircut. You're going to get a haircut. You're going to get a haircut. You're going to get a haircut. But I agree. So I think most of, a lot of what everybody said answered your original question as far as like, you know, how do you how do you tell whether or not a person has done that self-forgiveness? If you're still doing the same things, if you're still hurting, if you're in church or if you're self-medicating or you're having sex or whatever and you're still hurting, you're still feeling guilty, you're still yes. repeating cycles, you know you're, you're not yes. there. Yes. That's it. Anywho, <laughs> but then if you're healthier and you are coping with healthier things, you are writing in the journal, like uh, Red said, or you are able to feel everything about your experience and just cry through it and go through your withdrawals and just come out healthier, then that's how you know you're getting and there. And you're able to say no to some stuff. To some stuff. Yeah. So, but, but the pro so the process, and, and this that's is what good. I really want to chime in, because we, we say we have these cliches, we have these big words, forgiveness, love, self-love, self-forgiveness, self-awareness, <laughs> like, but how do we do that, right? right. And right. I'm actually writing another book that's coming out in uh, 2024. A, a counselor's poetic guide. <laughs> a counselor's poetic guide through relationships. Is, is okay. a, um, and and there's going to be a huge chunk on forgiveness because this is one of the things that I focus on the most in um, in therapy. And so there there's there's steps, right? We are we're, we were conditioned that forgiveness is immediate from when, from childhood. You slap your sister or your brother, say but sorry, sorry. Right. and then sorry, and then hug it out. It's done, right? But Face that's not that, and and that. 
is the process. But, but they right. have the they have the capacity to go through the process almost instantly when you're young. As you grow older and you gain things and experiences, we lose that capacity. Yeah. We gain some other stuff, but we lose the capacity to go through the forgiveness process instantly. Mm-hmm. So the the first thing, so there's like eight components. I'm gonna go through them real quick. First thing is the incident. Somebody hurt you or pissed you off, right? If you if you if that happened to you, you're probably gonna need some forgiveness of self and or others, mm-hmm. right? Where we get caught up is that second step. It is because it's a heart thing. It's the desire Mm -hmm. to either let something go or be free of something, right? So letting something go is to free the other person, to forgive the other person. Be free of something is that self-forgiveness, right? You can't can't force your heart, Mm -hmm. right? There are things that you can do to coach your heart and talk to yourself, the self-awareness, but you can't force your heart to do anything, to love somebody. So if you're not ready to let go, to forgive yourself or others, you're going to be stuck right there, which is why then we have people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s still doing the same thing. Yeah, things. stuck on stupid. Stuck on stupid because the heart hasn't, the heart the heart hasn't shifted hasn't to the point where they're like, okay, now I'm ready. But yeah. being ready is, is not enough. Okay, you ready? Now what do I do? Do I just say it, right? Because I said it when I was three and that was good enough. No, it's a whole process. Then we have to verbalize things. We have to we have to address the situation. As a, as a black and brown folks, we don't do a whole lot of addressing situations, right? <laughs> and, it's right, not, right, right. and it's not and it's not always <laughs> it's not always going to be helpful to talk to the your abuser or whomever. Mm-hmm. But you still have to address it, whether you address it in church, in therapy, with your bestie, with yourself, in the closet, on the floor, whatever. You at still right at the bar. Maybe not at the bar. That might not be the best place to address it. But address. you still have to address. <laughs> The situation, say to yourself out loud in your head, what have you, you know, I'm ready to move through this. I'm ready to move beyond this, to be healed past this. And so, okay, so then that's the, that's like the third step. And then we need some change. Stuff has to change in order for you. How many of these steps is it? There's like eight. (laughs) Eight. I said it's eight. Right? Right? Then we need some change. I'm I'm going to group these two together. (laughs) Then we need some change. We either need the, the things that are happening. I need the, if I'm being abused, I need the abuse to stop. In order for yeah. me to work in, because I don't it's, you want to get me I'm working on it. Right. No. I need it to stop. If I can't get it to stop, then I need to change the dynamics so that I need to get about here. Yeah. Um, I had so y'all know that I have a son that died. So I used to have a best friend who was a compulsive liar. I had heard that she was a compulsive liar before we were friends. I tried to give her the benefit of the doubt. Long story she short, she lied and told me that she went to my son's gravesite and put flowers and things in there and had never gone. Wow, and so I and does. didn't know that my mama was there all the time. So I called my mom excited like, oh, let me tell you what, so I ain't gonna p- put her name out. Let me tell you what such and such, she just left and, and left flowers and peanuts at peanuts gravesite. And my mom was like, uh, I don't know if you wanna know this, but uh, no, Nobody she didn't. Did I'm here right now, and I've been here all day, and and I was like, oh, so I could not get my friend to change her lying behaviors. I couldn't, because that, that, so I had to change the dynamics. We not best friends anymore, because I said my ex friend. We we haven't spoken in a long. I am like, I've forgiven her. We 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 could we could say yes, hey hey, but but had to change the dynamics. So a change has to happen in order for real true life forgiveness. Then. Then the, the vibe changes. Then you just don't feel the same way. You can talk about your experience. You can go back to the garage or what have you and you don't do the things that are in the garage or what have you because the action, the change has happened, right? The if the, if the, when you talk about your uncle and put the oh. stuff in the garage. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, 
right? Because the change has happened. And then we move through to, to removing some stuff, right? Um, I clumped two of them together. I, I, but then, then now we remove it. Could you buy the book? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all talked for 45 minutes and I sat here and didn't say nothing. I'm going to chime in. I'm going to chime in. Last ones. Last ones. Then we have to remove some stuff, right? Um, yeah, then we have to remove some stuff. We have to, to the, the, the energy is removed, but the last one and the most important one, and this is how you know, this is how you can be sure whether or not you have gotten to a place of self-forgiveness or forgiveness of others, the residual effects of those, that situation or those situations are removed. Right, so so say that 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 oh, situation I just talked to, told y'all about. I could have come out of that like you know what I don't do females no more. Females are liars, and it, which we we hear all these taglines: men are this, women are this, this or that, the who's are that. That's how you know I probably have some forgiveness you, yeah. still to do. Right. Even with myself, I had to forgive myself for no hearing. Her sister told me, like, be careful, she a liar. And I'm like, why would you say that about your sister? I love her. She, right? So I had to forgive myself for even being in that kind of a space. I also had to forgive her. And so now when people lie or when it comes to making new female friendships, I'm not tensed up anymore the way that I was after that situation. That's how you know. So if the re- if those residual effects are gone, that's how you know. All right, I'm done. I got a question. Uh, let me, let me go to this commercial break. Right yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask her. I'm going to ask her. Yeah, we are going to take a commercial break, and we'll be right back. This is King Charles in the Thrones. I tried to speed through it. I was like, I got it. Hey there, it's almost Christmas time and I'm going to be in a play called A Ghetto Child's Christmas Tale. I'm Michi. I am also in a play, A Ghetto Child's Christmas Tale, but I'm Jojo. Now everyone knows the story of Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem. Well, my play is Michi and Jojo in downtown Detroit. I've got singing angels, rapping angels, spoken word angels, praise dancing, and instead of three wise men, three shepherds, I've got three winos and three corner boys. Man, we're going to have so much fun. Yep, we sure are. Go on Eventbrite and get your tickets today, December 9th or 10th at Ridgely Theater. Don't forget a ghetto child's Christmas tale. See you in December. 1.7 seconds. That is the amount of time that you have to capture consumers' attention. It's no wonder small business owners cite marketing is their number one biggest challenge. That is, until now, Marvin Cashaw, CEO from The Next Generation's Marketing, can offer you the ability to advertise with ease to the consumers in your area at the right place and with the right offer. The virtual marketing gym gives you the capability to turn your cell phone into a powerful virtual billboard. So, how does it work? Just download a provided app, create your custom advertisement with a few clicks, and start broadcasting from your phone's location or any location anywhere in the world. Your app will begin to broadcast to the most popular apps and websites, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Google, and more. With guaranteed results, easy setup, and low monthly fees, advertising has never been easier or more effective for small business owners. This is digital marketing made easy. This is revolutionary. This is the next generation's marketing. For more information, call 682-422-9225. That's 682-422-9225. Or visit thenextgenerationsmarketing.com. Restore to fitness. You thought it was just a fad? No, it's a movement. Constantly working to encourage confidence no matter your journey. So Mishonda Amy, owner and founder of Restore to Fitness, has come out with the Waist Center Trainer, an all-new body shaper made with three rows of sculpting. Yes, three rows of sculpting. 
helping to target the upper, middle, and lower trouble areas. And we're not stopping at 6X like most competitors. With Shonda Amy being a certified ab and core specialist, all sizes matter at Restore to Fitness. So you can get your own waist cincher trainer from a small to 12X. You heard it right. If your goal is to do something about your waistline, then the cincher is your solution. Never before has there been a waist trainer that goes from size small to 12X until now. Because Restore to Fitness works with real measurements and real sizes from real people. And fellas, you don't have to feel left out on this one. The Waist Center Trainer from Restore to Fitness is excellent for back support, stomach control, and the tight compression can also assist with physical training. Experience the Waist Center Trainer from Restore to Fitness and start reaching your body goals today. Contact Restore to Fitness at 817-726-2468. That's Restored, the number two, Fitness at 817-726-2468. Restore to Fitness. Welcome back to the throne. We are here. We are here before we went to a break. Aretha said she wanted to ask the panel a question. And then, um, um, okay, well, we'll come back to that. What I want to do is hand it over to Red and see what Red going to bring to the throne. Red, okay. did you know he didn't put people on uh, like that? He could have gave me that whole break about the cuss. So I could have been preparing him for me in the spot. That's all right. We're going to talk about... Uh, I can ask the question if you want me to. No, let it go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Come back to it. We're going to talk about... Um, See, she got stuck. I, I dropped that on stuck. her. I dropped her on her. I did. I don't know why you piled the floor. Look, don't be, tell them don't be putting you on the spot. Oh, look, no, this is how you do it. Let's say rewind the tape. No, don't rewind shit. So, don't rewind welcome nothing. Back to, welcome back to rewind. the throne. Welcome back to the throne. And what we're going to do right now, before we left, you know, the senorita was going to pose a question. So, what we're going to do, we're going to revisit that. And by mm. that time, you uh, know. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Oh, So, my question uh, was to. Ooh, if you're nasty. <laughs> Look, right. I don't want to get it wrong. But my question was to her because in her, in her story, we were talking about attachment styles. And at the beginning, she said she heard she was a, her friend, ex-friend, was a habitual liar. And, you know, she wanted, she gave her the benefit of the doubt, and she was her friend, her friend, until one pivotal moment where she lied about something that she did that impacted her. But my observation is she was probably lying the whole friendship, but it wasn't until she lied on something that was meaningful or impactful to her that it became clear, oh, you're just a habitual liar. Maybe I don't need this attachment. Mm -hmm. So that was what was like a aha moment. Like we hear, what, hear and see people, but we give them the benefit of the doubt because they're not going to do that. Yep, yep, yep. And that's for sure. I don't take offense to that at all. I know my role in my family, my role in all my friendships has been, I'm going to love her, I'm going to support her, I'm going to understand her, I'm going to see the best in you, I'm going to ride with you
ride with you or what have you. And that is probably related to, and I hadn't thought about it until you just said that, related to why I went into friendship with her, even though her sister and cousin told me, be careful. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Even before... You know, I, I even knew her. Basically. And you didn't just take her in as a friend. She was she your... Was like my little sister. Okay, so I want to piggyback I want to piggyback off of that into my question or my next topic. That's perfect. And it has to do with, with giving <laughs> grace in relationships or mm. in the in the initial part of relationships. When when is it time to when is the honeymoon stage over? Mm. So when is it Okay, we're we're going out, we're having brunches, we're going on dates, or we're meeting for um, happy hour or whatever. This could be your friend girls, this could be your your girl groups, this can be uh, somebody you're dating, an intimate relationship, somebody you're learning, whatever the case may be. When is it? Can you put a time span like a 30, 60, 90 day thing on? The, the honeymoon phase, or is there a time when it feels like, okay, we've had enough fun, now where's the substance of this friendship? Because now, like, yeah, we I didn't eat, had all the dinners I'm going to have till, you know, I feel like <laughs> now it's some real life situations and yes, I can look at you and tell yes. that maybe we're not connecting like I thought we would because yes. now you've had some opportunities to be a friend to me or to show what being around you or being with you is going to be like in the future if we go a few steps further and you're missing those opportunities to step up and be a friend or something. Quick answer. My answer is the time frame is when you recognize it's unhealthy for you. Whether it's one minute, one year, ten centuries, when you recognize this is not this is an unhealthy relationship for me, which is it took a couple years for me to this friendship is unhealthy. Mm -hmm. I'm about to punch her. See, I don't even want to this. feel like that about you. I want to be ready to knock your ass out. I just need to see a couple red flags and say, oh, I, just, I am not being fulfilled in this in this relationship. And, and, and I think I'm going to cut my losses now. Earlier than, than, than some That's the part that I was going to just uh, <laughs> comment on right there. Because I, I can... Um, I, I, I can look back and, and, and I could not identify what's healthy and unhealthy to me because yeah. what looks looked like healthy to me was what formed me as a child. Yes. You know, my shades or with the glasses yes. I had on my face face might be different than yours. Right. Because you know what looked healthy for me then was just normal. See dysfunction was a normally season for me. You know, so therefore I could not identify those things until I seen begin to get more information and see things differently from another perspective. First, first, I had to get rid of a whole bunch of damn beliefs. Yeah. But then I began to look at some things differently. Then you can see the importance of your friendships and relationships, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, see, I didn't, I didn't value that shit. Mm -hmm. But today I feel it. So therefore, if I feel it, then therefore I have to value it too. Yeah. Because you know, I if if, if I, I want to be treated right, I gotta treat y'all right. Right. You know, yeah, if right. I want to pull you in as my circle, my closeness, or whatever the case may be, I got to treat you just like right, that. Right. Right. Sometimes I might pull you to the side, actions. and I might tell you something in your ear, and I mean it from my heart. 
because I needed to let you know in this intimate moment, you know what I'm saying? This is how I feel. You know what I'm saying? You good. For sure. But that's a value that's developed that a lot of people don't have, yeah. again, depending on your attachment styles. There Correct. are some people mm-hmm. that, that think healthiness is square. Mm-hmm. Right? That's square. And that's that was a big-ass lie was told to me a long time ago, <laughs> man. See? Well, a part of... Thank you. A part of... A part of that is knowing where you are in your life. Yeah. Knowing what level you're on and, and being equally yoked with somebody. If you're going to attach yourself with somebody mm-hmm. and y'all's attachment styles may be a little different if you have the same maturity level or comparable maturity levels mm-hmm. um, and emotional intelligence, you're going to be able to see that. You're not going to willingly attach yourself to somebody who is nowhere near yeah. as emotionally intelligent no. as you are on purpose and then right. have to do that shit and yeah. work, do all that work yourself. Not on purpose you're not going to if you got any sense or you deserve to have a uh, deal with a fool. And then you have when you don't have enough information. You know right, and you have to gather the yeah. information, but it's about your maturity level and how you apply it to your situation. True. And so the people who aren't ra- able to recognize it or are not cognizant of it is because they haven't reached a level of maturity in learning in their growth and development. So that's not even, I've realized now, somebody that I even need to be attached to at all. So baby, go find what your attachment style yeah. is and then come back later, but I ain't gonna cool. be your guinea cool. pig. Right. Personal responsibility. Sometimes people don't know, you know, they wait till something happen before they start to recognize each other. That's true. Because this is like eating. You know, we eat the same slop all our life, and then when they hit you and say you got high blood pressure, then you want to start changing it. <laughs> right. You know, right. That's right. It was bad for us all along. It just, yeah. it just was somebody pointing out to you, then you're like, damn, I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't know. You know, you're so right. that's how it is in relationships, too, when we meet people. Sometimes you just yeah. don't know right. until they, they, they like until your they friend said that, that lie, you was like, wait, hold on. Yeah. But, lie, but now it's one of those eye openers, you know? Yeah. But this is the thing. You don't just cut it off like that because I know you probably still had feelings for them mm-hmm. like, to, to want to be where because yeah. like with food mm-hmm. you know we know it's bad for us but dang I sure still yeah, want sure, some I'm chitlins sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go it's hard it's hard like she said desire that desire it's stuck in the desire but well let me weigh the odds is it Better for me to have it and enjoy it. Everybody's gonna die. Everybody's gonna die anyway. Yeah, I could say, you know, I was the kind of person that isolated myself mm-hmm. because I didn't want to feel the effects of somebody disappointing me anymore. So I would isolate myself. That sounds But familiar. that also mm-hmm. was self sabotaging right. because. Hey, I just discovered something wonderful about myself. I wrote a book. That means I've got to market and I've got to go talk to people and I've got to let them know what I've done. I got to sell this book. But I'm isolated. I'm scared. You can't sell it to yourself. And then the first sign of rejection, I'm like, nah, I'm not interested in your book. Then I'm going to go isolate myself again. So, one person. One person. So, so I started to come out of that and started to mingle with people and start to connect with people. And one thing I noticed, the first sign of rejection, I'm looking sideways, I'm, I'm thinking negative about that person, everything that I knew from that experience, she oh, she thing. did the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, oh, she doing the same she thing, right you know. <laughs> 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 
took that self-awareness and, you know, okay, if you are the one to isolate yourself mm -hmm. and not you, you're self-sabotaging and, you know, you know you deserve to be further along than you are, mm -hmm. that means you've got to take some risk and you've got to be mm -hmm. willing to accept some rejection to keep yeah. moving to the next phase of acceptance or you know. nobody's gonna make you go get your healing you might just die a effed up individual because you chose to wallow in your woe yeah. is me and yeah, that's right. on you if you love it there i love it there for you yeah. right. nobody is going to come drag your big grown adult self up out of the mire and the muck and make you go have a good life yeah. that is your some people need some people just are but not what if, able to do it without help. And but what help. if they don't have people to come and help them? Then that, continue to have unhealthy people. Then that's just <laughs> it because not everybody has people. That's true. And that's just that's it. True, that's the long and short of it. But if you can it. get connected to some people that are willing to help, get connected. Get to connected. But right. right. That's, but that's what I'm saying is that's you got to gotta do that. Because how does anybody know what you're dealing with? You have to use your mouth and ask for the help. Nobody's going out and, and digging through the forest to find all the people who are mentally challenged. That you have to do it because yeah. we're talking about change no matter how you slice this up yeah. it's change yeah. you know what i'm saying it and is, one of the biggest scary. profound things that you go that you have to do in the beginning it, it changes first the willingness to change and the second one is you got to change your people places yeah, and things that right? right there and that goes right. with everything you can't hang out in the same places you can't hang out with the mm -hmm. same people because oh that's change that that part of my life is done that's mm -hmm. right that's done. That's a yeah. done daughter. I got to do something yeah. different. You got to make that decision. We all look out for one another. We got to be community. So that yeah, time, that's that right. That first year after my son died, and especially after I cut off that friendship, I felt like I didn't really have anybody. I had mm -hmm. my mama, and I, I had people, but I didn't feel like I had mm -hmm. anybody. And the reason why I'm in the DMW is because my son's aunt, um, she reached out to me. Right, she was checking on me, checking on me, because I couldn't even reach out to anybody and tell I'm like, I'm so dying. I'm self-medicating and all kinds. Of, I'm drinking out the flask. I'm stopping on drinks. Oh, I was, I was trying to get up out of here. She kept reaching out to me, yeah. and then I was able to Sometimes be open and say, Yeah, I'm dying. Yeah. I am dying. Mm -hmm. I am trying mm -hmm. to. And she yeah. said, Come here. Come to. I'm gonna help you. We gonna help you. We're mm -hmm. we're gonna get through this together. Mm -hmm. So she reached. And my mom was the main one reaching, but she reached and found me. I I wasn't yeah. even in a position where I could. I knew, like, yeah, I'm not supposed to be drinking honey proof SoCo out of flask. All day, every day. Right, but what like you I didn't do. know, Natalie, you really was reaching out for help. Yeah. You were crying out for help. Yeah. See, things that you did or said in even even before that 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 act happened led led that to happen because you know what I'm saying. Your actions, you were crying out. I know, I lived it. I lived mm -hmm. it, and I didn't rec I didn't recognize it until I got did something different and looking mm -hmm. back because I have to reflect. Because if I don't reflect, you. you know what I'm saying? And I if I don't relive my last time, quiet. I will live yes. it again. But, but it was, I but the people, but the, you had people around you. The lady that helped you, she heard the crowd. You had people around you that knew that that was different for you. And that's what I'm saying. Some people don't have that. Right. But, but she only knew, like you said, because I spoke up, because I was a licensed professional counselor at the time still. I had a mm. job. I was going to work. I was working with parents who were. So the pain was really disguised a little bit. See, people, people like, oh, you're so strong. You're so, people didn't really see it. She just she just assumed, like, hey, I got kids. If my kid died, I would probably be a wreck. Let me just check and see if there's something beyond the surface, beyond what I could see. And that is what opened me up to say, 
yeah, I'm dying. I'm drinking and driving and stopping on train tracks, right? She, it, it, I, was, I was crying out silently. My heart was, was broken, and, but, but I was masking very well. And somebody came, some people came in and, and got me. Can so I that's all I'm with, saying. With, uh, what Red was saying, Red has a lot of boldness. You know, I have, I'm like that. I'm up front. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm confrontational. But a lot of people are not. You know, so we can't expect everybody to be had the same uh, energy, the same boldness when it comes to self-evaluation or self-care or self-whatever. You know, because some people are, are sink down and isolate and stay in the house for weeks. You know, but it takes somebody like Red who say, "Hey, honey, I ain't talked to my girl in a couple of days. Hey, what you doing?" Uh, nothing, you know, nah, uh-uh, uh-uh, come on, you know, because that's why we need each other, because we're different, you know, right, and right. that's what makes us unique, because all of us are different, even with the way we deal with life, I confront it, you know, I tell my wife about this issue, I, po I posted this and said, what kind of man do you want, both of them are Christian and praying men, but somebody kicking in your front door, one man is going to go to the front door, now he loved the Lord, but he's going to protect his house, whatever means necessary, the other will get in the closet and start praying. Which one you want? You know, both of them love the Lord, but, you know, some women said, I want the one that's going to pray. Uh -huh. Because, you know, I always want a man I can pray with. And I'm like, get out of here with that. <laughs> <laughs> because yes, I, I'm, not, I'm not the guy. I, I love the Lord, but I'm, I'm not the guy <laughs> in the closet. That mother's on my nightstand. It's already ready. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not the guy that's going to, I believe in the Lord, but I'm not going to go in the closet and so. pray when somebody yeah. kick my door in. All right. And I'm not going to send my wife to check. All Guess right. what? So I heard the dog kick. Oh, if I didn't hear it, she heard it. I'm you already going to on, confront You ought to be on your way but to the scene. What that's the what I'm saying. Is. But everybody's different. Some right. men gonna stay in the back and start praying oh, and call nine one one. That don't make them <laughs> less than a man. That don't make them less than a man. Just the fact that everybody the has them is different. Right. The police right. right. coming either way, though. But you know what, in all of these analogies, there is something that is a catalyst for change um, that happens. Your mm -hmm. son died, you went to jail. Uh, you know, you realize domestic you violence. Yeah, everything has a, is a catalyst for change. And if we never, if a person never goes through something that shows them you need to change, they'll constantly stay the same. Yeah. And they don't know they need to change mm -hmm. because there's nothing that has happened to them that has been a catalyst for change. Mm -hmm. So that's let me, let, me, let me tell you, I, I have what I I can say. I can look back now and say it was a nervous breakdown. <clears throat> when I was indicted, getting ready to go away. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the hell was happening to me. I wasn't on the corner slanging no rocks or none of that shit. I just found a man that I, that I clicked with. We had some kids and he was doing this and blah, 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 how the story went. But <laughs> I, I, when he was gone and I was out here by myself and didn't know what I was really, what was happening, I guess I went down the road and was not mentally aware of this road that I went down. Mm -hmm. And I was drinking and mm -hmm. drinking to the point that I was blacking out and to the point where I was losing Amen. weight. And I was wearing my same clothes that I was always wearing and it was a little bit too big for me, but it just wasn't dawning on me. Like, I went 
probably batshit a little off for a minute and did not realize what was happening to me. And I can laugh at it now, but when I was going through that, I'm embarrassed by who I was when I was going through that, but I wasn't aware because I was going through it. And nobody came to me and said, I lost my best friend, my best friend who we was out every weekend and all of that. When I started going through that, that heifer disappeared on me. Mm -hmm. So was she really my best friend? Because she didn't speak up and say, Maya, you're going through some some shit. You need to sit down somewhere. This is not like you. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we don't know and we can't see when we're in the midst of it. So if you don't have a a support system of people around you that are willing to step up to you and speak up for you and to you and help you, then you are faced with dealing with that by yourself. And it wasn't until after I had went away and was locked up and had been gone for a while and by myself isolated where all those people that said they were my friends showed me that they wasn't shit you know and I'm tucked away don't can't get to my kids can't get I don't have any control over my life and I'm looking down the barrel of a 10-year <laughs> gas pipe and I'm trying to figure out what to do with myself it wasn't until I reached that point and had a conversation with my mom and we had a, a light bulb moment together and she said baby you you was having a nervous breakdown weren't mm. you and I just melted into tears because it wasn't until then that I realized that's what I was doing I was an alcoholic and didn't even know it didn't even realize it and nobody that said they were my friend or said they loved me sat me down and said no ma'am this is not what we're doing unfortunately many of them probably didn't know either but I but I figured out on my own if I'm the one drinking and you know me regularly and you then you won't see that I'm acting different before I see that I'm acting different what happened to make you see what was that moment that, that light bulb moment, that conversation. I was, yeah. having, I was having a conversation like. about somebody that that knows me and that saw that that behavior was not normal yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it wasn't that. I mean, it wasn't that people didn't know. People know, and people whisper, and people all that. I'm not the type of person that's going to allow uh, uh, allow. You know what? And this right. is, the people is, that know me is, and love me. Yeah, this is no pun. So they didn't want to this give no you an excuse. This is no pun on the players in any of this. Because, uh, thank you for sharing that, Red. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, I, I, no, I, it's not because everybody I, I, deals I, yeah, differently. I, right? I, yeah, you're right about that. But you know what? I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this unapologetically because, you know what I'm saying, if it, if it, if it, if it messes with you Ooh. or it offends you, you know what I'm saying, y'all know what it is. Uh-oh. So uh, here, here it is. Okay. We got so stuck to when our people be hurting right in our family and our friendships, you know what I'm saying, you would rather see them hurting. Than to pull a coat. Come on. Yeah, you would rather see them hurting because all alone, you really didn't like they flavor anyway. You say you love them, you say that's my family, this and that and the other, but you really didn't like they flavor. So now that they're hurting, that's where you need them at because now they're below you where you always wanted them at. We'll be right. We'll be right back. We're gonna listen to. We're gonna listen to another music. We'll be right back. And I think you play some blame, sir. I'm sorry. Angel 
it's been a realest And that ain't never gonna change tell you the truth about some components of that because that's a reality of it and it's diff they're different components it's not absolute you know what I'm saying some people don't know how to receive information some people plant seeds and receive it later on you know I'm, I'm not necessarily confrontational man but I know a seed was planted in me a long time ago I'm talking about decades ago that gave me an answer to where it's detrimental to my life today but the seed was planted yeah. you know what I'm saying a long time ago I didn't receive that seed but you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of things that my mama taught me. I ignored then, mm -hmm. still did. The next day or the next hour that she told me not to do it. But then again, and you wait till I get 45, 50 years old, and that shit resonate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I get it now, mama. Yeah. yeah. She, you know, yeah that's all you can hope for. But she planted the seed. But the seed was planted. But the seed was planted. It's how that important it is. And that's just it. Don't mute yourself. A muscle, you muffle yourself when you see somebody that you love or care about right. suffering in silence, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, I don't give a damn how they might receive it. Mm -hmm. Just say, hey, man, I see you. I see you go. You're going through some things. I want to let you know that you can talk to me anytime. Yeah. I'm yeah. here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to pick up that damn phone you call me, man, yeah. and I'm going to come if you need me. It's you know what I'm saying? Just leave it alone. Whether they was, oh, man, I'm all right. Now. Okay, cool, man. I'm going to hit this corner right quick, though. But I shot that at you <laughs> and popped that off. Because that's like having, having adult children or children, uh, teenage children. 
all you can do is hope that the conversations that you've had with yes. your children and the lessons yes. that you've taught them and showing them the hierarchy of the family, it, it mirrors the hierarchy of the government and all the things you've instilled in your children. All you can do when they're 18, 19, 20 years old is hope that the, the breadcrumbs that you left, that trail along the way, that they're going to go back and they're going to pick up those things, that they're going to apply those lessons, that they're going to recall those conversations that y'all had and they're going to apply them to their life and they're going to walk out into their adulthood as decent individuals. That's what we, that is the goal as a parent. It's the same in all of our other relationships. All you can hope is that if you're pouring into someone that maybe they don't see that they need those words or that, you know, that energy right now, but it's a storehouse that every one of us have that we fill up. You know, so that we have reserves to pull from when we need them. So if you're in a relationship and you're giving, 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 and feeding into somebody else but nobody's filling up your storehouse, this is what I'm talking about. Exactly. And that's that shared responsibility hey. that we yes. keep going yes. back sure to. Right. Get the book. Sure um, and, and I have I had, I had something, I, I something I wanted to bring up that I think ties all of this in, in together, um, but it's a slightly different topic um, about understanding. So Lamont posted something, or somebody posted something in our group, um, our, our our messenger group the other day. I got the residual. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, a, <laughs> and then it led to a conversation about, you know, who can communicate with who about what, and and, and I think it ties into attachment styles and, and everything, and, and forgiveness and both in relationships, and I think Lamont. I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think your point was the relationships are really important because, and you said something, you said the same thing earlier today, like you might be able to hear something or I might be able to hear something from a long-term friend or a man mm -hmm. that I receive differently than if I hear from a Your woman friend. or a stranger mm -hmm. or whomever. Mm -hmm. And so I want to know, like, what do we think really about understanding? Because you said understanding is, is important. Like women don't understand men and men don't understand women or what have you. And so if you don't have that understanding, it almost sounded like you, you shouldn't be having these conversations. Stations. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that. So, it's a, so I got a three-point question about understanding that ties into all of this. How important is understanding in relationships and in communication? One. The second piece of it, um, you know, uh, is a uh, how how do we how do we get it? Right? How, mm -hmm. how do we get to a place of understanding if we already are coming from a deficit or nothing? And then, two, is it necessary for us to start? Or do we start mm. without it? So I, I just want to pose that to everybody. Well, I think we start without it all the time because we have a lot of communication going on. People say the number one is communication. No, yep. the number one is understanding. Even the Bible say, and all you're getting, get an understanding. Mm -hmm. Because you can get a whole lot of words mm -hmm. and a whole lot of communication. Mm -hmm. And I'll be sitting there looking like, womp, 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 womp. I ain't, ain't understanding that. Because it's real. like you have to get, you got to connect communication with understanding, go mm -hmm. together. Yes. And we have a lot of relationships and friendships that they don't go together. They don't connect because mm -hmm. you got a lot of communicating. People say, I, I just voice the way I feel. It's not about voicing the way you feel. What it's about being able to voice it enough for them to understand what mm -hmm. you're saying. A teacher teaches for them to understand, not just get up there and say, look what I said. You know? Right. So I right, think that's what's right. important. You gotta, so gotta understand. So if we don't have understanding, so like if in general men and women are, or specifically black women and black men don't have a good general understanding of one another, mm -hmm. do we have these conversations or do we not have them? I, 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 oh, go ahead. I, I, I want to, I want, I, I'm, I'm kind of like hearing a little thing so two different uh, uh, understanding because you just saying understand each other 
But uh, uh, what the brother brought in, Lamont brought in, is basically understand what the hell's being said. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I think that's where the disconnect comes is, you know what I'm saying, hearing what was said because you can have two people sitting have a conversation and how you feeling in that conversation projects on what you're going to receive yeah. from that person. Yes. Because, yes. see, this person can sit up and it'll be many times I'm sitting up and I'm chopping it up. But then again, if I rewind the tape and say, tell me what I said verbatim. But then when they try and tell me what I said, it ain't nothing what I said. <laughs> right, right. You they know what I'm saying? Because I'm a conversationalist. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, get in there. Yeah. I'm going to talk right, about yeah. it. You know, and I'm not shy. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, mm-hmm. covers off, butt-ass naked. Let's go. <laughs> I'm just I'm being honest. Yeah. You know, it's the only way that you're going to get the damn truth if you find out what is really being said. Right, you know, if we can, right, right. If we can have a conversation with me, and you know what I'm saying? If I don't clearly understand what she's saying, I'm going to say, look out, queen, run that by me again, man. You know what I'm saying? I really didn't receive that well. She's not going to look at me any kind of way. You know what she's going to do? Run that shit she back. I think a lot of times we get clogged up by our own issues, mm-hmm. you know, because how are we receiving it or how are we going to yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I hear a lot yeah. about, yeah, uh, like, yeah. and, and this is between male and female, I hear a lot about it's the way you said it, you know, and that's, that's, yeah, but you, you hear a lot between gender with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, because, yeah, I, I, I was in a marriage once. And, uh, and, and when, I, when I, I heard that the first time, it's the way you said it. Right. So I did everything in my power to come the right way or make sure it was the right time. I did everything I knew how to do to make sure she can receive it. Then I realized some people don't want to receive it just because of who you are. I'm not going to receive it just because of you said it. So you can, you can do it the right. It can be the right time. Yeah. I can say it soft. I can say it, soft. I can say it yeah. a little louder. I can say it, you know, real gentle. It don't make a difference. It don't matter. How you receive it. Like the yeah, they don't want to receive it. You know, right. so. But just, you know, I, I made a post earlier this week <laughs> that that communication is key, and I always every show I always come back to communication. Communication is key, but comprehension is the it so, is. so if you if you can communicate, you can communicate all the, damn the, day. But if the person you're communicating with does not have any working level of comprehension skills, then it doesn't matter how you dumb it down, how you water it down, how you ABC one two three yeah. kindergarten roundup with the shit. They're not gonna get what you're saying because their comprehension skills aren't on Tight. the level that your communication skills and are. And then whatever their perception is, mm-hmm. and then like, you got to deal with how they're perceiving. Again, you know, being in a relationship would go back to this whole self forgiveness thing. But you know, being in a relationship. A man saying something correctively to me, I equated it to abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because you were right, you abusive know what I'm that being yes. against yes. you. Yes. So, exactly. so that comes with your healing before you get into another relationship. Right. Oh, I, I mean, not specifically. Exactly. So I'm again still understanding and communication and transparency as well. You know? Right. But you know what? We all mimic that same behavior in everything that we do because it starts as children. When you get into your teens and you start smelling yourself, because I know mine do, and they start thinking they know everything, and you're still trying to give them wisdom, give them Mm -hmm. what you've learned, but it's in one ear and out the other. I'm pretty sure you can attest to this. 
they mama done told them before the therapist tell them. And like, dang, my mama was telling me, but it sounds different when it's you say it. Yeah. 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 Because it's yeah. you. Because, that right because there. of the, the level the of understanding. Your husband's homies can be saying the same thing. But because it's you, he don't want to hear it. And it goes back to the the level of understanding. So communication is key. But to me, communication is like the like a like a the umbrella. And so at first we got to hear each other, right? We talk about we have to we our tone, our volume, all that stuff. First we have to hear each other then we have to do with what dr guy talks about that active listening we have to be able to zone in and pay attention the challenge here is that we come with baggage we come with all this stuff and so that clouds our ability to pay attention and zone into what you're saying because you just said something to trigger me now i want to fight we're doing all that so we can get through that then comprehension then that's just understanding right i mean that's just does this make sense in my head but then we're still not there yet because the understanding now, how am I processing this in my system? What do I feel? Do I feel my brother's message? Do I feel my sister's message? If we don't get there, then we can't get to the change. Right. If I don't feel anything. one thing you said? The first thing? Yeah. So uh, communication is the, is the, is the oh, umbrella. umbrella. But we got hearing, active listening, comprehension, okay. and then we get to understanding mm-hmm. is the, the last thing. And that's where all the feelings are. But if we are so stuck on our past hurts, what happened? We can't, we can't get there. We can't get there. But don't you matter. gotta know who you talking to, too? You do. Yeah. Sure. Like, sure. shouldn't that be number one? Like, you gotta know who you talking to, cause. you can't get to that okay. until you go through the process, right? Okay. So to me, that's why I'm like, I say let's let's have all these conversations before we have understanding if we don't already have it. Mm-hmm. Some you you said something about like men can receive information better from men. Not always. Not um, always. I think if, if Sunny was here, she would tell you she has she has better male relationships than female yeah, relationships because of her attachment stuff, her past or what have you and, and, and different things like that. So 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 understanding is perspective, right? That, that's that's in the perspective. So I'm like, let's just start where we at and then just work the process right. to get there. Can I say one thing real quick? I think as, as a people, that's where we really have a problem. Because I believe as a people, we're so damaged. Yeah. You know, because see, we, we they talk about, you know, how they took the man out the home in, in the 70s or whatever. Mm-hmm. They talk about that, but they did experiments with us. And they knew that it was going to be more that's going to happen from there than just not having a dad in the home. And I think we're so messed up as a people that everything sparks a fight. Right. Because we're, we're damaged, man. I'm talking about we... The way we was raised and, and everything. The history of slavery. All right. Everything is, is ingrained. Everything is ingrained. So for it's real. Like, how, many times, how many times have y'all yeah. saw uh, 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 a white panel talk about the same things we talk about? Yes. I don't even think they had the same issues when it comes down to communication. Mm-hmm. We're still well. trying to talk about yeah. communicating as a people. Basic kids. I'm sorry, this is stuff that we learned as little kids. So why are we? We didn't learn it. Look, I don't but, think that we uh, have the two. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Why are we as adults still talking? I'm in my 40s. You know, pushing 50, and we still talking about stuff that we should know how. how this is hold on. This is how you talk to your woman. This is how you talk to your man. This is how you talk to your kids. So I think it's coming from we're so damaged, and we want to keep adding on and saying, but this is how you function. Everything we talk about on functioning most of the time comes from functioning with your dysfunction. So it's like, hey, okay, we know you. We know you fucked up. So listen. This is how you do it when you live and fucked up. You add this to it. 
you know. Mm. So hey, we know you damaged. Mm. We're not talking about healing wow. because we don't know how to heal. Right. So everything we've been taught has been taught on how to add to and but just damage. hey, just yeah. make it through this just life. Mess up. Yeah. 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 That is yeah. yeah. your question. Why are we still talking about this? Because we didn't learn it the right way. Thank everybody. Damn, are we done? We